Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Radio program. I am Jason Whitlock, sitting in for Glenn Beck. Christmas present number two from Glenn Beck. It's the same as Christmas present number one. I was here yesterday. We talked about my candidacy to run Twitter, to be the new CEO of Twitter. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, today, I'm going to get myself into trouble. I'm going to talk about the feminization of America and the uprooting of the natural order and male leadership and why we need more of it. Uh, I'm gonna invite you to engage with me. It's gonna be a fantastic Tuesday. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Let's kick back and enjoy today's show. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Happy Tuesday. Uh, welcome to the Glenn Beck radio program. We're going to have a marvelous show today. You're going to be the guest stars of today's show. Yesterday, when I filled in for Glenn, uh, we invited on uh, TJ Moe from my program, Fearless with Jason Whitlock. We invited in Royce White, contributor to my program, Fearless with Jason Whitlock. You can find my show and I suggest that you do go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock to find the fearless show. It's on blaze TV. It's everywhere. Uh, podcasts are available, but today I'm going to pivot and I'm not going to feature contributors from my show. I want to feature you in a conversation. I want to have over the next three hours about the elimination of resistance and the softening of America and whether or not I'm just an old fart or whether or not I'm just some misogynist pig that's completely bothered by the feminization of American culture. Those of you that are, are new to me and don't know my background, I, I come from the sports world and have transitioned I was a sports media personality for ESPN and 
Fox Sports and made really made my name in Kansas City during the 90s and early two during the 90s and 2000s uh, for the Kansas City Star writing about sports. But I always lace my sports commentary with a lot of cultural commentary and being a culture critic while being a sports columnist. I played college football. I went to uh, school. I was the only reason I was able to go to college was because of a football scholarship to Ball State University. So my background is sports. I came out of college to be a sports journalist and was a well-known, nationally renowned sports columnist that ended up working at the highest profile places and doing jobs for ESPN and Fox Sports and had my own TV show on Fox Sports, Speak for Yourself. And and then as things got crazier and crazier and crazier, I felt a calling to lace more of my commentary with uh, analysis of popular culture and political culture and American society. And so... I say all that and give you that context to say that the foundation of my commentary and the conversation we're going to have today starts with my love of football and my hatred of what football has become. I know Glenn Beck is not much of a sports fan, and so I would imagine his audience isn't hardcore sports fans or don't know a lot about sports. But, but I just want to start there, and I'm going to broaden it and widen it because you can see it clearly, and I've been thinking about this a lot when I watch NFL football, in particular college football. I've seen the whole sport changed and softened, and, and it's not the game that I fell in love with. And, and when I look and see that, it's a perfect analogy for what's going on in America. We've softened and changed American culture so much. We've turned the culture, popular culture, into something that wasn't what I fell in love with about America. America was a rough and tumble place. America was a place that didn't apologize for leaning into the meritocracy. America was a place that didn't apologize and, and and rewarded men for taking risks, women for taking risk. And and now everything seems to be about the elimination of risk or under the guise of eliminating risk. And and I I, I obviously if you're listening, you can already start knowing where I'm gonna go in the broader culture in ter- hey, everybody take a vaccine. Let's eliminate risk. I did not take the vaccine. I'm older, I'm overweight, but I'm a believer in God and I'm a believer in God's immunity system. And something about the vaccine just didn't add up to me and for me. The quickness with which it was done, the immunity granted the big pharma institutions, and then just knowing that, look, hold on, who's going to beat God's design? And if I take steps to protect myself and give God's design a better chance of operating, uh, perhaps that's a better protection than the vaccine and all these quick fixes 
that America prescribes for every problem. Hey, there's an easy solution. Pop this pill, take this vaccine, do this, do that, do this. Instead of treating your body better and and taking the tougher route, we're always looking for the easier route now in American society. And I don't think it's healthy and good. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to start working out more regularly. I'm a former college athlete. I know how to work out. And I was going to start eating better. And I was going to start losing weight because as I evaluated what was going on with the vaccine and everything, it just seemed people that were overweight and had pre-existing conditions, those were the people being harmed. Remove yourself as best you can from that category. And I'm still in the process of losing weight. I've lost about 80, 90 pounds so far. I want to lose another 50 but that was my reaction to COVID, the pandemic. Don't look for the easy route. And America has been trained to look for the easy route. And we, we, we think safety is our number one priority. And I completely disagree with that. I understand why women place safety at such a high value. And that's when I'm talking about the feminization of everything. And I can see it in football. We're prioritizing the needs of women above the needs of men. And I'm just not sure if this is the proper solution, if it's the right way to go. Life is supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be a challenge. It's supposed to be difficult. It will make you a better person meeting those challenges head on. I see it in football every Sunday when I watch the NFL. The game that used to be very tough is now being made so that Tom Brady at age 45 can still play in the NFL. Tom Brady is a great football player. But if not for the softening of the game, Tom Brady would have had to retire 10 years ago. They've changed all the rules and cha- around the quarterback and around hitting each other in football, they've made the game so so much easier that Tom Brady at age 45 is still playing in the NFL. If Tom Brady played football in the 1970s, he would have retired by 1983, 84, 85. He would have, instead of a 23-year career, he would have had a 16-year career because the game would have physically taxed him so much He would have been forced to retire. But they've softened the game in the name of safety, in the name of making mothers comfortable with their sons playing football. They created the myth of CTE, which is basically the COVID of football. The myth of CTE and everybody just ignoring the obvious facts around. Well, hold on, man. If this CTE, if this concussion thing was so bad and everybody was at risk for it and every concussion leads to CTE, why aren't all the football players from the 1960s, 70s, the 1950s, why aren't they all dying, gone crazy, lost all their cognitive skills? Why aren't they all? Why why is Terry Bradshaw still on television? He played football in the 1970s. He suffered concussions. Why is Troy Aikman, who played in the 80s and 90s, why is he still on TV 
full faculties, one of the best broadcasters in the NFL. This They created this myth of CTE to soften the game and to make it more safe and to make women feel more comfortable while watching it. And it's not the same game. The degree of difficulty has been eliminated from football and the product isn't nearly as good. The degree of difficulty has been removed in America and America is not as good. That's the conversation I want to have with you all today. I want to invite you all to call into the show. 1-888-727-2325. You will be the guest stars of this show today. I want to engage with you. I want you to, I want you to push back against me. If I say something stupid, I want you all to correct me. I'm Jason Whitlock, filling in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. I'll be back after this. Welcome back. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Yesterday, I tweeted out that NFL officiating is at an all-time low because they've prioritized diversity, inclusion, and equity over the meritocracy. Anybody that watches the NFL, there's been all these poorly officiated games week in and week out. The NFL has always had an officiating problem. It's just gotten worse over the last few years as the league has prioritized diversity, inclusion, and equity. No one talks about it. Everyone does complain about officiating. Strange things are going on. Just blown calls, everything is not as good, not as clean, not as sharp as it used to be. Everyone knows this. No one wants to talk about the root cause. Women have popped up as NFL officials in virtually every game. You, you, you'll, I don't know where they're coming from. I, I don't want to, and maybe they're all fantastic. But you can't tell me they all earned it. These positions are being given away. I'm going to go a step further. We're on radio only. You can't see me. Maybe you're unaware. I'm black. There are more black officials than ever. And this is because of the NFL's trying to meet quotas on female referees, black referees, and so what happens when you prioritize diversity, inclusion, and equity, and merit plays no role, everybody's work suffers. Everybody, one, you're, you make mistakes and you promote people that are unqualified, that haven't earned it. The people that have earned it are frustrated and bothered and are less focused and less incentivized to perform at a high level because their performance doesn't matter. Their gender matters. Their skin color matters. Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent, his Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL. Troy Vincent's his number two lieutenant. Troy Vincent's a former black NFL player who who's in charge of the officiating and overseeing the officials. He's handing out these assignments, not based on 
merit, not based on production and performance, but based on some type of quota system and some kind of look of diversity that the NFL wants to create. And so the NFL is bending over backwards for female referees and black referees, and the quality of officiating has suffered. Again, this goes back to we're leaning out of the meritocracy. We're leaning out of people earning things. We're leaning out of resistance. We want things to be easier. Oh, you're owed this. Let's give it to you. You're not owed anything. This world owes you nothing but an opportunity to work hard and to earn something. We are softening this society in every way possible, and it's unhealthy. And so when you look out at these sports leagues, take the NBA, it's softer. It's not as good. They've softened all the rules. Play. I looked last week. There were, and again, I don't want to go too far with this audience because I know you're not hardcore sports fans, but I looked last week. There were six players in the NBA averaging 30 points or better. That does not happen in the NBA. Scoring 30 points a game used to be a rare feat. Someone to be able to average that for a season, that was a rare feat. Maybe one or two guys would do it a year, not six. They've made the games easier. They've removed the resistance. The quality of play has suffered. The results aren't as good. It's not as entertaining. They're having to do all kinds of false things to make the games seem more competitive. We've prioritized the matriarchy. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has gone on record and stated last week that he wants a female head coach in the NBA within the next five years. He's already been on record that he wants half, half of the league's officials to be women during his term as commissioner. We're bending over backwards for the matriarchy. We're building a world that removes the degree of difficulty and prioritizes quotas and safety. You can see it in the sports world. You can see it in the political world. You can see it throughout the rest of society. America does not prioritize greatness anymore. People that don't appreciate the work and the suffering and the sacrifice that it took to build this country, what men did and what women supported to make this country great, people don't value, don't respect. They think technology is going to save us and disrupt God's natural order. I don't care if you can go to DoorDash and get a meal. Now, you don't have to go out and hunt and fish for it. You're not going to disrupt God's natural order. We will pay a huge price, and we are paying a huge price for prioritizing the matriarchy. 
I got more on this. Stay tuned. The Glenn Back Program. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Happy Tuesday to you and yours. We're just five days away from Christmas. I know you're excited. I am. I've got some last-minute shopping to do. Going to take care of that today. Uh, You guys are my co-stars today. 1-888-727-2325 is the phone number to call. I want you to push back. I'm trying to unpack a conversation today about where we're headed as a society. I can see it in the sports world. You can see it in the mainstream popular culture world. You can see it in the steps we're taking as we try to make life easier for everyone. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. And this push to make life easier for everyone is basically a feminist push. If we remove the degree of difficulty, if we prioritize safety above everything else, that's a world that makes sense for the feminists. It does not make sense for those of us that believe in God's natural order, man, woman, child, family. This safety priority, removing the degree of difficulty, makes weaker men and a weaker society. It's why, it's why they, as they remove the degree of difficulty, they try to normalize being fat, and they call it fat shaming, and they call it body positivity. And that's why you'll see they'll make commercials about 300-pound women and how hot they are. And it's why they've decided that Lizzo is the biggest star since Aretha Franklin. They want to normalize being obese and fat. And I'm someone who has suffered from a weight problem. I'm not throwing rocks from afar. I'm I'm in a very glass house. I'm overweight. This should not be normalized. This should not be seen as body positivity. We should be pressuring people and we should be living in a culture that rewards people for staying in shape. We keep leaning into the matriarchy and I talk about this constantly on my show. As a black person, I tell my audience and and try to educate people like, hey, Black people, we have created a matriarchal, female-dominated culture. Stacey Abrams is our leader. Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, our leader. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, our leader. Go look at our culture. In this matriarchal culture we've built, Our kids are underperforming academically. They're not closing the educational gap. Our kids are unsupervised and violent towards each other. Our kids are uh, addicted to this hip-hop, very misogynistic, very violent, very denigrating culture. Our men have turned emotional. 
and not logical because we're ref- our, our, you know, and this for me from the sports world, I just look out at the athletes and I look at what they're doing to their hair. It's like they spent their whole life in a beauty shop rather than a barber shop. This this feminine culture that America wants to spread and is spreading everywhere. It has really harmful ramifications. Don't let the Democrats do to our entire society what they have done to black people. We don't want that. It's not healthy. It's not good. All right, I told you guys you're the guest stars. 1-888-727-2325. I want to take some of your phone calls, see if I'm saying anything stupid. I'm going to get deeper into this and cite some more examples here in a second. But before that, I want to hear from you guys. Mike in Tennessee. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I want to totally agree with you on the sports take, um, like especially uh, NBA. Like some of the 80, 80s guys I grew up with, Bill Lambeer, he couldn't even play in the NBA anymore. So I totally agree, kind of just NFL, NBA, totally different sports nowadays, whether they changed it for what you said, uh, feminization, or whether maybe they changed it to create more offense. It's just completely different game. Um, the one thing I do want to push back on you is kind of how you translate it to politics. Um, if I could have a minute on that, go ahead or keep wasting time or go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just, just on the sports take, I I think the Republican party has to look in the mirror. I mean, to go on your sports take, we got to get back to more constitutional conservatism. And I think kind of on the sports take, you know, with Trump, you know, sore loser can't admit he lost. You know, that's not a good look. And we got to get away from that. If he keeps going with that, I mean, it's, it's counter to your meritocracy argument. Mike, 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 I, I respect you having that opinion. I want you to explain to me, however, do you think Trump lost that election on the up and up? Um, I mean, look, I, <laughs> I'm, do you think that election was fair? Jason, he 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 said his whole even in the primaries against Ted Cruz, he said uh, it was stolen from him. Every time he's lost an election, he said it's been stolen. Well, he's only yeah, lost I mean, one lost. that I'm aware of now. In my opinion, he choked. You can't lose Arizona, Mike. 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 That's Georgia. not what I asked. I and come on, yeah, you, you see what they did lost. to Kerry Lake on the up. You think that election was fair and square? I'm going to be honest. I don't. I'm not following Arizona politics. Um, I do think she lost. I have no idea. I mean, but good lord. I mean, I was talking about Trump. But Mike, thank you for the phone. I don't mean. I'm not trying to be dismissive. But I appreciate the phone call. But Mike, I'm not going to defend Trump. But I'm also not going to defend the 2020 election. I'm just not going to do it. That they fortified that election in their own words. We're looking at the Twitter files that Elon Musk has revealed, the FBI, the Department of Justice, Democratic officials manipulating Twitter, the Hunter Biden story, the whole nine yards. 
I, I don't have a real problem with Trump whining about that election. It was stolen. And the American people need to deal with it. We just want to keep moving on from everything and never deal with anything. It, it, it's no different than if we went back to the 1960s and, and what happened to JFK. <laughs> We're just going to let bygones be bygones. And here we are 60 years later, and there still has been no real plausible explanation of what happened with our president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, in Dallas. That, that, that assassination changed the course of American history and turned, and, and we're looking at clear evidence now that the security state, that the uh, government agencies, the FBI, the CIA, the military-industrial complex, in charge of America, in charge of a propaganda tool like Twitter, manipulating the American public, all because we buried our head in the sand and didn't want to deal with the reality of what happened to John Kennedy. And so right now, no, hey, let's just move on. We're not going to deal with the reality of what happened in the 2020 election and what happened to Carrie Lake in the 2022 midterm elections. I'm just not sure if just moving on works. You know what they say about a criminal? Every time he gets away with a crime, he gets more bold. And he gets more comfortable. These guys are getting away with crimes, and we're just moving on. And I'm not telling Trump to, to, to keep whining about it, but I'm not going to criticize him for whining about it. Our elections need to be secure and fair. We don't need ballot harvesting. We don't need mail-in ballots dropped off at 3 a.m. We need one-day elections where people show their IDs and prove that they're American citizens, prove that they're not dead, and prove that they actually want to vote, and not that their aunt or uncle or mama or daddy twisted their arms and made them fill out some ballot voting for who they want. Mike sent me off on one. I'm going to take some more of your phone calls when we come back. Stay tuned. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. 1-888-727-2325 is the phone number to call. You're my co-stars today, Paul in Massachusetts. Paul, be quick, but don't hurry. Yep. Uh... Hello, Jason. I initially wanted to talk uh, about your uh, football comments. As soon as you talk, started talking about Tom Brady's age, I said, wait a minute. What about George Blanda from uh, the 1970s? He played for the Raiders. Yeah, George was mostly a kicker, played some quarterback. Yeah, he was but... mostly a kicker, but he, there was a real famous game where the starting quarterback got hurt. And Blanda had to come in and play quarterback. And he ended up winning the game uh, for the Raiders. And everybody went nuts, the team, the fans, everybody. And Blanda retired at 
They're listed as a quarterback and a place kicker on the um, biography. And uh, all right, thank you, Paul. Appreciate the phone call, uh, Karen. Karen in Georgia. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Hi, Jason. I just want to tell you that I have a lot of admiration for you of how you project your faith and bring it into modern-day terms, I guess. And I am with you. I think Trump needs to stay on it, whether, you know, he's whining about it. Because if we keep letting this go on, it just becomes normal. And we've got to stop what the FBI is doing, what the CIA is doing, with the politicians that we put in to office. I, I mean, I'm ready to go back to where they only met in session for two times a year and they didn't get paid. That may be a solution. <laughs> That's, that certainly would limit what, they, what harm they could do. Uh, Karen, thank you for the phone call. Great job. Aaron in Alabama. Aaron, be quick, but don't hurry. That's fine. I am an underground coal miner in the state of Alabama, and I work in a 100% male-dominated industry for the most part. We do have some women that do come to work in our industry that do get involved in working in the underground coal mining fields, but very, very few of them are capable of getting out there and doing what a man can do physically, and they just can't. That doesn't stop them from trying, and that doesn't stop them from coming down there to work. And it doesn't mean that they aren't down there. It's just eventually they have to accept the fact that there are some things that they just can't do. Now, put them on a piece of heavy equipment, put them over a very important situation where they can keep an eye on things, they're great. But more often than not, I hate to admit, they tend to get in the way. And Aaron, like Aaron, Aaron, I would love to know if your coal mining company has a diversity, inclusion, and equity department that would like to send women underground to mine coal. Perhaps that would improve things. Are, are, are women not looking for that diversity and inclusion mining coal? Oh, they had, they supposedly spout off about it we, if you go and look at the company itself, but... <laughs> If they show up down there to work, they don't do very well in that environment. It is a very hard and unforgiving place to work in. Huh. I, well, perhaps we need some diverse. Maybe some of these feminists uh, need to work there. Maybe we can get AOC or something to take a coal mining job, and she can be the le- a pioneer in diversity and make history mining coal with you guys in, uh, in Alabama. She could try. <laughs> oh, sure. I love to see them come down there and try. They wake up to the realities very quickly. It doesn't take long. Aaron, thank you for the phone call. Robert, you're going to have to be very quick without hurrying. Oh, thank you, Jason, for taking my call. I appreciate your voice. Um, I'm not a real big, huge football fan, and I, I struggle to watch the game as well. But I will say this on a light note that um, I remember when Ohio State was playing, I think it was Notre Dame, and it was at the end of the game, and D.J. Stroud is trotting off the field, and the reporter is... Robert, we got to go. I'm sorry, you had to be quick without hurrying. Got to kill the pleasantries. All right, don't go anywhere. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program.